Oh, hello there, boys, girls, and in-betweeners. Welcome to yet another fun-filled fiesta that is the Pointless Podcast. I am somehow getting under the weather again. I can feel it. It's terrible. I don't know what's going on. I've got things leaking into other things that shouldn't be leaking into things. It's actually all in my sinuses. I, I don't. I should have been specific about that up front before you drummed up imagery of fluids escaping orifices, orify, orify, ortopedies, and then entering into other ones. But no, I've got a sinus thing going on in my throat. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Not doing any nothing poisonous going into my blood and, and brain these days, other than Los Angeles smog. I suppose that's it. Maybe it's the stress. Maybe it's the excitement. Maybe it's the workout routine. Maybe I'm now just talking to myself and staring at the waveform that appears when noises come out of my mouth. And I've actually lost it. Ah, uh, that was a pleasant waveform. Okay, but let's stop talking about that now, shall we? Okay, great. Let's talk about all the amazing, exciting things that are happening right now. And I couldn't be more happy. Hashtag YOLO blessed sons and daughters of this world. I have a new television series which is going to be premiering on TBS very soon. It's called America's Greatest Makers. I still don't really know what I do on the show, but I am there and the show's awesome. It's got a bunch of inspiring folks who are making things with their own two hands and sometimes soldering irons and computers and teams of people. But that's the whole point is it's kind of like a like a shark tank, but for hackers. And it's all backed by Intel. And I sit in a chair and I judge people and sometimes make pee pee jokes. I have no idea how it's going to turn out, but I do know it's been one of the most uh, exciting and entertaining uh, and, and professional work experiences of my career. So it's been a real joy to be a part of. I'm going to talk at length about it in the future, but put it on your calendars. Put it in your digi-brains. America's Greatest Makers coming to TBS, and I'm going to be on it, saying things and stuff. The first four episodes, I was sick as a dog. Ironic that I began this bitching about that. But then I hit a stride, which we'll see if anybody notices. Probably not. Uh, also, a new season of Hack My Life is coming to True TV. You guys love the life hacks. The other day I was walking down the street and said, Hey! Hey! That was somebody yelling at me. Hack! Which I always take as a performance review, a summary of my career, but it turns out I was just a fan of my true TV show. So that is coming back. I should know the date. It's in March, which is soon-ish. It might be now, depending upon when you're listening to this. Hell, it may have already premiered if you're going through the back catalog. True TV's Hack My Life. I'm on it. That's a thing. And always big, big things going down over at The Attack. A huge thank you to everyone who is supporting our three-time-a-week variety show on Twitch. It's called The Attack. And you can go to GameWisp.com slash The Attack to find out more about how you can support the madness and get in on the behind the scenes and all that stuff. If you haven't heard of GameWisp, it's like Patreon, but it's really kind of dedicated towards Twitch streamers. And they've been awesome and super supportive of us. So GameWisp, G-A-M-E-W-I-S-P dot com slash The Attack. If you guys go on over there, we should be on their front page. Uh, you can see different ways to support us. Again, behind-the-scenes access. We have a Discord server where we hang out and chat. Uh, actually chat with voices. It gets really sensual. It's kind of like a party line sometimes. We play Truth or Dare. There's mixed-media chat rooms. Uh, we have custom game servers, private gaming servers. Get in on this. 
We're having a great old time. And if you're listening to this and you haven't checked it out, you're missing out on that great old time. And I think it would be a great time for you because you are listening to this, which means tangentially there's some, there must be some crossover, something you're interested in. And now I'm, I'm back looking at the waveforms again. Oh, that's DayQuil for you. Whew. That is, a, that is a, just a journey. My guest today is, as I described towards the end of the podcast, you'll hear a bit of a spiritual oasis. At least I hope he becomes that for me because I definitely want more Zach Leary in my life. Zach Leary, uh, his about page on his blog, uh, it describes him as a, quote, infrequent blogger slash writer. Um, but he is the host of the It's All Happening podcast, which is one of my new favorite podcasts. Zach has uh, just a calm uh, and an energy and a vibe and natural curiosity about him, which permeates everything that I, I've seen him do and that I've actually done with him. Um, I met him on Taryn Southern's uh, YouTube show, the Party Fun Time show, uh, and it was like a random collision of matter, and we hit it off and did the, the podcast dance. Hey, you should come on mine. I should come on yours. And uh, he was kind enough to, to hit up the Pointless Podcast first. I can't wait to go on his. I think that's happening because it's all happening. That is his podcast. But listen to this thing. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff from the our robot overlords to um, hallucinogenics to I think we get into politics at a minute. Uh, you're going to love it. He's a great guy. He's got an amazing voice, uh, fascinating character. And as I said, I hope I'm only scratching the tip of the surface of the iceberg that is going to be uh, a friendship in the future because I really, really like the guy. So hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope you're doing well. And just remember, you're magnificent. This podcast should be American. 110% fucking blood red American. The NEAA. Yeah! Everybody slaying vagina. <laughs> Cyborg Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Man. Zach Leary. What's up, Kevin? How are you? It's good I to see you. I am fantastic. It is great to see you, sir. I, I, I don't mean to be presumptuous. Yeah. But I'm going to throw it out there that we are going to become fast friends. Maybe yeah. we already have become. I don't know. Well, we, we, we're, we're trying. I mean, this is the first step on the evolution here. This I mean, is, this since is, we last saw each other, we've both been a little bit busy. You've been making TV shows. I've been doing podcasts yes. and stuff like that. And we've been trying to make this happen. So here we are. So for those who do not know, uh, yeah. the genesis of this fast friendship was Miss Taryn Southern. That's right. Telling me, you got to meet Mr. Leary. Yeah. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, she's like, Zach Leary. Come on the show and be with Zach. And I'm like, I fucking love Dennis Leary. I think ah. he's hilarious. <laughs> so a chance to meet his son. Which is literally the first thing I leapt to. And then yeah. she goes, no, no, no. It's, it's, well, well, Dennis and I don't speak anymore. <laughs> We're not on speaking terms anymore. It's weird. We just had a falling out a few years ago. What did you think of the um, the final party fun times? Oh, this was Did great. you watch it? Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. funny. Pretty it was good, great. Right? Yeah. Well, it's, so for those, we were on Taryn Southern's YouTube show, Party Fun Times. Yep. We were there to talk about, uh, I think we were supposed to talk about uh, technology and religion. or and some spirituality. Yeah, of but it somehow went into like dragons fucking cars and... and and, and big uh, black dicks. And big black dicks. It really, did, it really it took, it took a, a turn. turn. <laughs> it did take a turn. It did. But, but that's we, how I knew that we were going to be buddies. I know. We did get some stuff in there, though. The, I really liked the show, but the only thing about it was, like, I, admittedly, I did not know enough about a, ASMR before the show. I had heard of it, and I kind of knew what it was. Yeah. But I needed to see this alley check before we went on the show. I wish I had known. So part of the show wow. was, was you and I talking about religion and spirituality and technology, et cetera, which yeah. is great. I mean, I, I'm sure Good we're going to get into things. that. Yeah. But there was a whole middle portion where Allie, I don't remember her, her YouTube channel exactly. Do you? I think it's ASMR. Allie, 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 Allie yeah. yeah. She's got a YouTube channel 
where she came on. And if, for those who don't know ASMR, it is the whisper videos yes. where people get really quiet. We have a, a gate on this. so It'll be tough to get the real whisper out. <laughs> but then they, she's like, let me show you some of my famous moves. And it was basically like jerking off the end of a, uh, like a hairbrush. Tapping on a hairbrush. Tapping on a hairbrush. Yes. Then there was like rubbing a comb on a Twinkie. Like there was some weird stuff yeah, going man, on but, to produce oh my God, I got sensual really, whisper noises. For a few days afterwards, I got really into it. And they do these, Me too. They do these crazy, um, they do these role-playing scenarios. I don't know if you've seen, the, seen any of these, but she has this one. I guess it's her most popular video. It has uh, over 2 million views. And it's basically her as a 21st century space travel tour operator. So she's basically like telling you, oh, wait, so do you want to go to the outer regions? Okay. Yes. Do you want to stay within the inner regions? Oh, that's that's intergalactic. And and just... It, what? And has these crazy sets behind her with all the CGI kind of coming in. Uh. And it's like, oh, I see you really want to get off your own planet. And it's just... It is just it's so the, wild. So the struggle wild that man. I think we both had yeah. during the segment was, is this a fetish or not? My, which is yes. Which is not yes. It is. Like, it's up to like anybody can fetishize anything. Obviously, I, I, I hope Absolutely. that some people are going to Pound Town right now, just listening to this live cast. Yes. Like I hope that someone has turned this into a fetish. But that's not the fault of the people operating it. But it seemed like no one wanted to admit that it could be a fetish. Like it was just no, 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 no. This is people get a stimulated response. They get a thing, and every single part of it felt like, oh, this is this is foreplay here. Yeah, well, first of all, I'll take a look at all the facts behind all this ASMR stuff. First, all the girls that do it, that have these popular channels, they're all pretty cute, you know, A. B, they're all, they admit that there is something into them whispering into the mic and getting some kind of intimacy and in them kind of looking at the camera and wooing you that way. So um, immediately, it's kind of set up to be, you know, somewhat intimate even if you don't want to call it sexual or there's, right. there's nothing implied there but it is extremely intimate well i yeah. had a friend over about two weeks ago and i mentioned this asmr thing yeah is, is, by the way is there an issue with my mic i feel like it's uh, I, some people are talking about crackling and i feel like it's cutting in and out i hate to interrupt the flow i'm sorry no it's okay mine was going a little yeah hot i feel like we gotta lower the gate a little bit and just let it in and yeah people are I think the levels are all... Let it in. Place. Let in the magic, man. Uh, we'll, we'll normalize it after. Um, Queso says Zach is a bit low. All right, we'll figure it out. Uh, sorry to interrupt the flow. Um, I had somebody over. I brought up ASMR. Yeah. And she goes, what are, you, what, is, what are you talking about? I was like, well, here, let me pull one up. And I had the surround sound kicked in. 7.1. Oh, okay. Cranked it up. Yeah. And it was a binaural one where someone was etching wood with like a scalpel and panning it from ear to ear and making it go around. And it was... It was like from a technical standpoint, I was like, wow, this is a really well mixed video because of this binaural, the two stereo frequency microphones or whatever that they have there, really emulating the way yeah. humans hear. And it had a prosthetic ear over it, over each microphone that would, you know, again, further emulate the way you hear. So it was really <laughs> like the production value is like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. And I looked over, Zach, and about 30 seconds in, she was doing this. She was getting the fidgets. Wow. She was getting like, oh, I got a, there's something going on here. And I was like, what really and fully like like getting into it oh yeah okay 100 percent. and it was it would we we did a deep dive and ah. she figured out very quickly what she liked what she didn't like what sounds worked for her what didn't she didn't like tapping on the mic but she loved the scraping of surfaces she didn't like the the whispers into the ears but she liked the crackle of certain foods and we were able to drill down and find specific channels dedicated to exactly the kind of whisper porn 
that she wanted. And I swear to God, wow. a, a, an hour and change later, it was as if we, I was, we were basically watching porn together. Wow. Like I mean, that was her response was 100% that. It's amazing. And, you know, over the course of the last few weeks, I've learned I have some friends who are, uh, you know, somewhat like I have a school teacher friend who happens to be like really into it. And I wouldn't expect that she's into it. Oh, my God. I had no idea. But she really says it helps her sleep. But what I'm so curious about and where this is where I'm finding fault. In, well, everybody sleeps like, better after they come. Let right, me be clear. Of, of course. It's great. Right? It's really easy to fall asleep. Yeah. It's either a sandwich or a nap. Yeah. And, and if you have insomnia, make yourself come. Right. But how are they correlating the science between tapping on a hairbrush into that releasing some sort of, you know, comfortability mechanism within your sleep, sleep patterns? Like, right. That I'm just, I'm lost on. I don't but, think, and is the science there? Because hey, we even that, asked about that, and I feel like it's like, oh, we're figuring it out. <laughs> it's like, okay, fine. If it works for you, good on you. Oh. It's weird to think that a whole generation of, of youth, like I, like, I don't know right. what your first, your first foray into pornography was. For me, it was yeah. like a magazine that... That, that blew blew ashore on our playground. It was like under a slide buried in tan bark. There was a nipple. And we're like, okay, no, this I, is the beginning of something. It's weird to think that there might be like 11, 12, 13-year-old yeah. kids on YouTube that are getting their first erections to whisper porn because it's there and it's free and it's easy and it doesn't look like they're watching pornography. Yeah, and there's actually a couple channels out there on YouTube called ASMR Erotica. Yeah, see, th th there's a couple girls who are already crossing the line and they're like, fuck it, we're going to stay on YouTube until we can't. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If it's not violating a terms of service, right? You're I, just whispering. I guess not. Yeah. We're in the wrong business, Zach. <laughs> so when are you launching? You're here to promote your new ASMR channel. Yeah. You're going to do very specific role plays. Oh, Psychedelic man. whispers. It was wild. But yeah, that was the what we were talking about the show, the party well, fun times. How and we that's, met. How, that's yeah. how we met. And, yeah. Well, what was interesting. interesting is I truly, yeah. at first, I, was, I thought it was a Dennis Leary connection. <laughs> and then she goes, no, 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 Tim Leary. And I had this weird moment of, I don't know how many of your meetings and dealings with people are predicated on them judging or associating you with your mm. father. Like for me, I've never had to live under that shadow. If someone goes, oh, yeah. you're Elder Pereira's kid. They usually think like, I want nothing to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing redeeming here. That's cool. Let it go. But I immediately like, I of course wanted to ask questions, but at the same time, like I had to fight the urge to, to pretend like I knew who you were or what you were about predicated right. on the fact that I've read a Wikipedia or two about your father. <laughs> you know, does that happen daily with you? It, I mean, it doesn't happen daily, but sure, it happens an awful lot, of course. Yeah, it does, you know, and, and I have a, a complicated relationship. I think a very healthy but complicated relationship with it, of course, in the sense that, uh, I mean, this is a, a textbook answer for anybody whose son or uh, offspring of somebody famous is, um, you know, you want to be your own person. Of course. You want to have your own identity. Uh, you know, you've spent probably at some point during your adulthood, you've spent some years trying to break away from that. Um, I did. Actively. <clears throat> Actively, yeah. And it's been many years now. I mean, he died, what, 20 years ago? Uh, almost 20 years now. So, I mean, it's been a while since I've been in that mode of trying to break away from it. But as time goes on, um, I get a lot more friendlier more and more friendly sort of with the idea of wanting to explore it because uh, I'm, I'm super proud of his work. I mean, God, he did, he was doing great things. And especially as we're seeing this version, I guess, version 1.0 of the singularity sort of come to life and all of these things happening and all of these things that we were just kind of talking about, you know, sitting around the, the bong fire, you know, 20 years ago, like they're happening now. It's, it's, it's actually, Hey, right. some, some of this shit is coming true. And like, how are we going to deal with it? What are the implications What's a, what's the future look like? What's the economic model look like? What are our new economies? And this is stuff that he was all talking about in the you know late eighties to early nineties. 
Yes. So in that sense, I'm one thing to sit down and, and to yeah. write the sort of fan fiction and to pontificate <clears> about <throat> this brave future. It's another thing to be scrolling Engadget or Gizmodo and see like, oh, the, the, the technology that all this is going to be predicated on yeah. is now cheap enough to put in your car yeah. or to have in a smartphone. Or this new company just came out, and their algorithm's going to allow for Skynet. Okay. Yeah, like, right. We are going to have to live through this. We're yeah. going to have to have legislation about this. We are living through this. And I remember a very specific um, uh, moment in time. It was just one of those, those little instances, or those little meetings in life that you just remember. But I remember the month, week, approximately, when Amazon went live. My dad was still alive, and we were sitting in his office in Benedict Canyon, uh, kind of sitting in this private study, and Amazon just went live, and we're all kind of sitting around going, wow, an online bookstore. Because remember, it was all books at the yeah. beginning. Oh, yeah. And we're like, God, what are the implications? What does that mean? Is anybody going to use it? Is it going to be successful? And, you know, we kind of batted around that whole uh, that whole idea for a while. But then it quickly led to the the notion that, like, you know, one day, not too far from now, every single book, album, or TV show or movie is going to be available on demand at the click of a button. So we've passed that point. I mean, that's right. been around for a while. That but... was still the thought there was, well, it's still going to be a physical hard copy of something yes. or some sort of device. You'll just click and it'll show up at your house. Or, yeah, that, that too. But I mean, I think we were kind of toying around with the idea of somehow this is going to get beamed into you like, right. right away at the touch of a button. So the point of like that story is in the age that we're living in now, which I just love, it's so fascinating is that the novelty is over. You, you know, you remember when we first got our first iPhones 10 years ago? Well, it's not nine years now, in yeah. 2007. Like, you know, the, the, the whole thing was what we were pinching photos. I remember brushing right? my teeth while a YouTube video was playing. And yeah. I went, ah, what is this? I mean, come on. That's adorable. <laughs> right? And now I'm pissed when LTE doesn't load a 4K video fast enough. Can like, you it's fucking done. believe it? I know. I'm throwing the iPhone down when, when an app crashes. It's ridiculous. But the novelty's over. Yeah. So, and I love that stage that we're in because that means the productivity is going to increase. That means, you know, the real breakthroughs, the disruption is going to happen. Oh, well, that, okay, know? let's get to, well, yeah. I want to get, no, 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 I want to get to that because okay. now, but I'm just fascinated with, because I want to know the road that led to the, the Zach that I'm sitting across the table from right now, because I literally can't fathom it. There's such a fog mm. of war with the access to um, intellectuals. Mm. The access to pharmaceuticals, mm -hmm. the 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 desire to rebel from that and to run from that and to create your own identity. Yeah, the, you know, the, I, it's the I don't know what I don't know, and I would love to know everything about you. Yeah, uh, but there's so much to talk about present day. So maybe is there a way you can cliff notes me your upbringing and that rebellion and well, what access to, you well, must have had to people and things. Yeah, I mean, ask whatever you want to ask. I mean, it's it's a a difficult question to put into perspective because it isn't until recently when I'm, I'm 42 now and it really probably only isn't until like until I was like, 35 I'd say 35 36 did I have this sense of like objectivity which created a form of distance from it because up until that point it's all you know right how would I know anything different People would always. You don't ask know what's precious. You don't know what stand out. You're like, no, that was my life. Yeah, uh, Monday through Sunday, I got up and it was me. It's just life at home, right. you know. And like people would, of course, they would always ask you, "What's it like growing up with Timothy Leary, or what's it like living with Timothy Leary?" Even the present tense back then, and I, you know, I don't know. It just was getting up and getting the paper and having cereal. It just was that, right? You know. So it took a lot of distance took a lot of observation and took a lot of uh, comparison. I mean, I'm an only child, but you know, seeing how other other parents and other families kind of, you know, how their pods worked and stuff and to sort of have a realization, oh shit, this was a little bit unique. 
<laughs> yeah, because like for some, it's yeah. the Leave It to Beaver. Like, oh, we would go have a game of catch, and everything was black and white, yeah. and then we'd pet the golden retriever. But funny thing is, though, we did that. Which you should, because it's did a that. dad and son relationship. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's <laughs> we had a golden retriever, and we played catch. I mean, he took me to Little League, and, uh, you know, uh, over a, a dozen Dodger games a year. But I mean, when, we had that, too. But when you were a certain age and of a certain mindset, did he also sit you through trips? Did he also guide experiences or give you access to that, or did he... Yes, but it sort of it happened by default. Um, and by that, uh, basically, I started when I started in the psychedelic exploration and that whole... Uh, you know that whole thing. I started too early. I started too young. Yeah, and we that, did talk about this briefly. Yeah. Oh, I think we we did, right? Yeah, but I would love for my listeners yeah, to hear it as well. Yeah, yeah. Please. So I I kind of started too young, um, in large part to the Grateful Dead, and it was not okay <clears throat> with my parents for for that to be going down. <clears throat> oh, you talk about mm. set and setting. Yeah, the set and setting was there. You know, a fourteen year old mind who was like, you know, it's kind of a C student. I was just kind of you know, floundering throughout life. So I was not the best candidate for it. So I started too young. So for the first couple years of me kind of um, doing psychedelics, I sort of had a, you know, I was kind of in the shadows, you know, wasn't really going on at my house, was going on a friend's house. And of course at shows and things like that. And then finally, um, I don't remember exactly how, when or where, but the, the wheels fell off and it was like, okay, well, if you're going to do this, here are some things to think about. That's, yeah. Yeah. And, and we went through it. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he was a great, he was a great guide. He was a great mentor. He was a great partner. He was a lot of fun to do it with. Um, See, because that yeah, is like, I that. understand that was, that was life. And you had, now you have some distance, some objectivity. But for me, like I literally, the yeah. hamster running on the <laughs> wheel inside my brain just gasses out and falls off at the thought of that being a father-son relationship. Yeah, it was. A, yeah. It's amazing. It, it is amazing, it is, it, for sure. And a lot of like the things that sort of stand out in my mind, and sort of the gold stars, the big epiphanies of uh, of that mysticism that kind of occurred between the dynamics of the two of us. The two of us were really just, um, you know, it wasn't like we were sitting down and uh, dissecting the Tibetan Book of the Dead or and just kind of finding the parallels of, you know, East and West. I was too young for that. It was just like, yeah, I remember this one time um, uh, we went to a Grateful Dead concert together. And after the show, we're back up at the house. I guess it was an L.A. show. It must have been the Forum or something. And he just was going off on this this amazing tangent about uh, about Jerry Garcia's guitar. About, oh, my God, you're right. Everything you said was right. You've been right all along. <laughs> it was just a sparkling, brilliant magic. It's just he couldn't believe it. And he said, this whole time, I thought you guys were just like burnouts trying to relive this thing that we did. And he like, he got it. And I remember that him just getting that and it was just like the bond around that and oh, just being, amazing. yeah, to be able just to experience sort of like the, the sonic sort of magic in that. And that was, it was amazing. Also, what a wonderful moment yeah. where the sort of like the student becomes the teacher in that moment and the humility and, and humbleness required to have that be part of the relationship as well. Yeah. It's kind of wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Very wonderful. But also that. Uh, under the right setting, setting and the right relationship, interpersonal, the right interpersonal dynamics, that he could still be mining for truth, and right. he's still mining for for right. stuff to get into. You know, he didn't have it all figured out. You know, and and uh, you know, and he had a lot of you know, he had a lot of work to do with you know a lot of personal stuff and a lot of heartache, and he had a lot of stuff to kind of sort out, so that he was still kind of going for it and still right. using it in the present tense. Wonderful, fantastic. That you could be on that journey together in any way, shape, or form. Absolutely. I mean, that's fantastic. Absolutely. So now the period where you mm. said, fuck it, I got to strike out on my own. Mm. I'm my own man. I'm going to silo it off. I'm going to make my own way. Uh, 
What does that period look like for you? Oh, well, that period was, it was, it wasn't like um, <clears throat> this about face, like, oh, I'm going to go be a banker, you know. And, yeah. Cubicles and spreadsheets for me. Fuck yeah. you, Dad. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like I just need to distance myself from this and go be my own person and reject this culture. It just that was um, as I was starting to get older, and uh, and he died. I was 22 when he died. It just it the shadow around him dying. It, it wasn't so much sadness. Like he was ready to die. It was a very peaceful death. It was cool. But the, um, the shadow around him dying and the vacuum that that left in my life really required me just to like, because I was, that's all I was associated with right. until that point. That's it. I didn't have a job. I didn't do anything. You know, I just was kind of. You Were know. you managing like the, the family website at that time? I was, or, yeah, at that yeah. time I was. Yeah, me and a couple other guys. And that's how I kind of, excuse me, got started in the web business. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, I, would just was, I just was Tim's son. I hadn't done anything. And so when he died, I just was like, oh, Tim's son, but he's dead. And so it was kind of just, yeah, it was kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just kind of, I was empty. Sad for multiple reasons. And now you have that, that, you have that candy coated, glossy shell, that label put on you and then stripped away. It's like, well, what, now what's left? You tell us. You don't know. What what do I do? Yeah. So, I mean, that time was, it was spent a lot of darkness, a lot of figuring my my own shit out and yeah. just trying to find my way. Did you have a, were, were you insular in that journey or did you have a support group around you with which you could reach out and say, Hey guys, start me, discover me. Started off pretty insular. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then my support system kind of grew around that and, and my friends dug in deep, but definitely at the time it was pretty insular, lonely, dark. I was like, Oh my gosh, how's this all going to work? You know? And we led a very, um, uh, sort of just the, the physical infrastructure of what our house was like growing up and just the kind of like the economies of day-to-day life and the responsibilities of day-to-day life. They were very out of the ordinary. So yeah, it was very, very strange, man. So it was like when I was, you know, 22, 23 years old, it's like, I didn't know how to pay a bill. Like I didn't really know, like I didn't know like how to get a credit card with lower interest rate and what that meant and what a balance transfer meant. Like I didn't know what any of that right. was. Why would you? Why yeah. would I? You know, so it was like I didn't really know how to go out and ask a girl out like on my own. Like people were just kind of around and it just was kind of there, you know. So it was a lot of little one-on-one things kind of like that. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah. And at that time were you still – were you using psychedelics and substances to mine that and to, yeah, to yeah. figure out that path? Oh, to figure out that path into sort of a, I guess. And maybe to medicate? Yeah, to self-medicate and numb myself from that for sure. Yeah, I'm a, I, I've had a lot of addiction problems in my life. I'm, I'm free from them now, but <clears throat> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of dark times around that that stuff. Because that is the, I mean, yeah. I, and I'm sure people solicit you for advice all the time on this subject. Sure. And, you know, people come to me a lot because I'm outspoken about it on the podcast here and there. Yeah. <clears throat> but the the catch-22, that, that, that double-edged sword of, Great therapeutical breakthroughs, great personal discoveries. Yeah. The you know the sense that you are just a pixel in the sea of the desktop that is the universe. Yes, all that can come with it. That's of, of course. But there's a lot of shadows. There's a lot of boogeymen. There's yeah. a lot of running and hiding. There's a lot of distractions. You know, psychedelics can be a, a shiny pair of keys just dangling to take you away from the truth That's that right. you're supposed to find. And it's so it's so so. I want to recommend it to everybody, but at the same time, it's it's really dangerous. Well, the, the the misconceptions around psychedelic use are, um, I mean, they're all out front, but uh, the, it's not um, it's not an escapist drug, you know. 
none of the psychedelic sacred plants or medicines are, are sacred journey or are, are, are escapist journeys at all. They're very confrontational. You know, no matter what is going on within you, whether it is good or bad, it's going to magnify in that times a hundred. <clears throat> so you have to be prepared. You have to have the tool set and only you can decide for yourself as to whether or not you are the right candidate and you have the right, um, level of, uh, I think you just have to be grounded in a, in a, in a way that you, you can be able to like, take a look at yourself and look at the juxtaposition between what's happening on the chemical between that of what is real, not on the chemical and be able to fuse them together and kind of dance within that, that middle ground. And that's hard to do. Very hard to do. Yeah. So is that because some will say, well, it's, it's, as you just said, it will, it will amplify. It'll, it'll, it'll put a magnifying glass right on whatever, you know, if you think sunlight is the best disinfectant, we'll get ready for the roof to be lifted off your soul all that sun's going to come pouring in. That's right. Do you, you, you must welcome that then when you're about to go on a journey. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, now, sure. I, you know, all this time later and a lot of experience through it. Absolutely. I, I welcome it for sure. And, you know, all the best trips that I've ever had, all the most meaningful trips, the most meaningful trips that I've ever had have all been because the, the magnification is on exactly at the right spot. Right. And I'm looking at exactly what I needed to look at. But, you know? And is it just experience then to be able to take something back from it? I feel like sometimes you're given so many gifts. Mm. It's like um, it's like an old satellite dish as you cruise through frequencies. It's just imagery or messages or whatever being beamed to you. Mm-hmm. And good luck taking back a percentage of that. Good luck carrying that back. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think you're right. I think that's that's um, that's definitely part of the blueprint. But I think another part of the blueprint too. And the more I, the older I get, the more I think about this. I really think it's a lot about your own education before the actual trip happens kind of learning a lot about this stuff going back to the elders reading some books talking to some experienced uh, psychonauts you know learning a lot about the culture and the psychology behind it and a lot of the work that that, that's been done around it not going in blind because if you look at um you know all of our ancient and the indigenous cultures who use sacred sacred medicines you know these were wisdom traditions they were passed down from generation to generation to generation within the tribe. Right. Yeah, and it was just part of the wisdom tradition found, you know, within the DNA of the tribe. So if you're going to do, you know, whatever, you know, substance, just fill in the blank, you know, I think it's up to you as the as the subject and the researcher to go off and explore and to do your own research so you know what these wisdom traditions, how they're speaking to you. Just because you grew up in, you know, Westwood, California, doesn't mean that you have some kind of there, you have some travel routes somewhere. Find them. Look right. into it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it's basically Read like some books. You want to snort those bath salts? That's fine. Just go find a <laughs> Russian forum somewhere. Use Google Translate. You know, figure out what the history of crocodile is and why you want to inject it between your fingers. Yeah, exactly. Someone has gone through that journey before, and they've written tombs about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, they've written. I mean, we live in such a golden age right now. Well, I mean, we were talking about Alex Gray before the the podcast oh, started. Thank you for yeah. turning me on to him. My God! For yeah. those who don't know, please set up. All right, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, by all means, Alex Gray is uh, probably the greatest living visionary artist around. And what a visionary artist is, and I actually didn't really know about this this definition um, uh, so well until recently. But what uh, a visionary artist is, it's someone who's basically had visions on psychedelics, who is able to take those visions back and create art around them and on Alex's case paintings um, and his paintings are just Alex Gray G R E Y 
are just amazing, amazing manifestations. If you've of, ever of seen the liner notes of a Tool album, yeah, a tool. you might have been exposed That's right. to his sacred geometry or Spangle, as we were talking about earlier. Yeah. There is, it is. <laughs> The, that contact scene where Jody says they should have sent a poet because she can't describe what she's seeing yeah. has nothing on the artwork <laughs> that he is churning out because it really is like you want to know what it looks like. But there you go. There you go. There's some of it. I mean, look, there's really only a few people, as we talked about before the podcast started, there's really only a few people in the world who have been able to articulate the psychedelic experience in a variety of ways. You know, Terrence McKenna could talk about it. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, look Stunning. at that stuff. Right? Stunning. I've seen that. I'm, I've been on You've the been floor there. <laughs> in a maloka in yeah. Peru staring at every nerve ending in my own body as I'm violently purging ayahuasca into a bowl going like, oh, yeah, yeah, yep, that's what it looked like right there. I can't describe that, but that's it. And there it is. And that's one reason what you're talking about. I think that's one reason why he is so popular because so many people have been, oh, wow, I've seen that too. Yeah. You're, you're, you're painting what I've seen, what I've experienced. So... Which is yeah. like even going you know. in without, I, 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 like, I hesitate to have the conversation because I sound like such a fucking level one noob. I sound like give me my wooden sword <laughs> in Warcraft and I'm going to hit some rabbits. But I still get excited by the notion of like without any prior knowledge of what I'm supposed to see or what it's supposed to be, all of these substances, yeah. all of them, they invoke similar imagery <clears throat> in, in every human being, yes, no matter what do. the culture is. So you can't say, well, it was, it's because you were nurtured in some way which means when these synapses get rewired and there's the crazy repatching of the switchboard in your brain, that's why you see seas of eyeballs or pyramids or whatever. Yeah, but why is that in every culture? That has to be more nature than nurture. That, it still blows my mind. It's, I know it's, it's such like a level one observation. No, I'm sorry, Zach. But no, but like, it, it gets me so excited. It's still the great sort of, uh, I mean, I don't think it's unexplainable at this point, um, but it's still the great mystery around. And this is the, the archaic revival of what, you know, McKenna was always talking about. It's like there is something within that that is encoded into some sort of gene pool, yeah. into some sort of collective conscious and, and some sort of collective consciousness that is probably some kind of disembodied, you know, thought form out there in the ether that we can all sort of share and tap into. And when we take these sacred, uh, these sacred medicines, we can tap into that shared disembodied collective consciousness and bring it back and share and dance in it. And that's the, that's the thing. It's a, it's a sadly too, too, uh, too regulated and banned kind of thing, unfortunately. Yeah. That's... I mean, times are changing though. I mean, we're, Thankfully. we're in an interesting time for psychedelics for sure. A lot of, a lot of, uh, int uh, the work that maps is doing, of course, is, is amazing. Um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, so now yeah. let's talk about this singularity in our soon to be robot overlords. <laughs> Cause I think it's interesting that you were, yeah. I mean, you were exposed to those conversations in the eighties about what might be. And as you said, we are mm. living it now. Like this is. The first wave has crashed. Depending upon who you ask, the second wave is already crashing on the right. beach for this stuff. Um, we kind of got into it, not on Terran's show, but like before and after. How Are you optimistic about this future? Do you think we're going to merge with technology and it will ultimately be our savior and we will evolve into these sort of techno beings? Or are we just going to nuke each other before that ever Well, happens? I mean, this is the great... Um, Do you fear the singularity? Yeah, it's the great qu question. Actually, I was... Uh, Chris Ryan had me on his podcast. We were talking about something similar to, to about the optimism thing as well. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people don't feel this way and, and sort of um, think that being an optimist, choosing to be an optimist implies that you are ignoring some critical thinking about it. Right. Right. But I, 
you know, I, I'm not going to take that road. I, I think you have to remain an optimist because I'm not a fatalist. You know, I'm not. I generally, you know, I like waking up in the world and, and through my spiritual practice, I really see the beauty in all of us and the interconnectivity and, and you know, the sense of wonder and compassion and amazement and, and the human spirit and all those big, lovely, woo-woo things that we sure. love to, you know, meditate on in yoga studios. You don't studios. close your eyes and get centered and imagine a 0.01% <laughs> crushing us all and taking us towards a, a no. one-world order? <laughs> I, I don't, man. And enslaving us? I don't. But on the on a I guess on a, a realistic pragmatic sense, I do think um, you know it's it's possible, probably not within our lifetime, but it is possible we're going to see some extreme population control stuff go down. You know, um, I mean, have you ever been to India? I have not. No. Yeah, um, like India or any you know throughout Southeast Asia, even. But India, like to me, and I love India. It's great. It's amazing. Um, but it has this quality to it and all throughout Southeast Asia too, that like there's this quality that you feel like something is going to break. Like this can't go on. You know, there's so many people, there's not enough water. There's not enough clean water. There's so much disease. Oh, sounds like California. Actually, yeah. The way you're describing it. It yeah. sounds like the air and the lack of water and every other issue we have just in Los Angeles. Times a hundred. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah times it's a, on a scale. Three yeah. times as many people and one third the space. Jesus. Yeah, so it's just like, you know, you kind of get these little hints that something's got to give here. Right. You know, and then in order for that thing to give or to not give, rather, you know, we're going to have to invent ourselves out of this mess. I think we were talking about this on Terran mm -hmm. shows. And, and, I, and I think that's, that's ultimately, I think it's a real thing. I think part of our, this mess that we're in and however you want to define whatever that mess is, whatever it means to you. For some people, it's energy. Some people, sure. it's water. It's trash. It's air. It's food. Well, I, to that point, people always, and, and not to interrupt, but that's yeah. what I do best. People forget, we've always been in a mess. Yes. As human beings, societies yes. everywhere. Now we have access, instant access to perspective on the mess. And so mm. it seems like there's a lot more. But we were always living through some sort of tribe trying to hunt another tribe, some sort of disease, some sort true. of famine, some sort yes. of crazy natural environmental disaster. We've always, as human beings, been living through craziness. Now, yep. the craziness that we have... At present day, depending upon who you ask, some of it might be more manifested by human beings and not by the planet itself. But well, yes, yeah, and you're absolutely what? What did the Black Plague? Um, how many people did it kill? Did it kill half the world's population? <laughs> yes. Is, is, it, that, is it that I think high? That's fair. Yeah. Right. I don't think that's high. Even if we say a quarter, right? A quarter of the world's population. Let's not be too hyperbolic. A right. quarter of the population of the fucking world died from the, from, the black from plague. one thing. From one thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You're, you're, God, yeah, you're right. I mean, the world has always been... We've always been through shit. We just didn't have Twitter yes. and Instagram and Snapchat to share it instantly with everybody. C correct. But I think at the that, that's true. But it's also going to... It's happening now at an accelerated rate because there are so many more people. Yes. And yes, because you find out about it quicker. But because there are so many more people and... Um, well, that is true. And, it's, it's a ratio, right? It's a numbers game. It's, it's a ratio. Yeah. And the world is much smaller now than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. You know, it used to be a hundred years ago, even just a hundred years ago. What was going on in in Iran? If you lived here in the United States, what was going on in Tehran or or where? Excuse me. Exactly. Sorry, what? It might as well have been Mars. Yeah. It was so far away, you couldn't get that news. Now, you know, everything's so much closer, and it's 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 more dialed in, and in in that sense, the connectivity is more dialed in. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 really challenging. I mean, when the green the Greenland ice shelf um you know, continues to fall off? Is, it, is, it, is Manhattan going to go underwater? Is London going to go underwater? Is this really going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm asking the question. I mean, is it? So 
What are we going to do? Well, someone wrote in chat, they said, you know, they said overpopulation will correct itself when we run out of food. Mm. And I go, okay, yeah, that is, that's one way to look at it. On the other hand, there's, there's, there's no shortage of stories that I see about, you know, vertical farming or genetically bioengineered meats. Yeah, but take, and, an, take any one of these issues, Kevin. It's like take the food thing, right? Sure. In the United States, 40% of our food gets wasted, right? So 40%, that's a lot. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, any one of these issues, you can always have a quick little counter how it's not, well, it's not lack of food. We have lack, lack of food distribution. Right. And Western, uh, the Western imperialist um, mindset has sort of created this thing of, of, of wastefulness, of, of just excess and abundance that, oh, my God, I don't need a, you know, this, this, this leaf of lettuce is bad. I could throw out the whole bag, you know. And I do that. I mean, I did that with a head of lettuce the other night. Sure. And it's, it's terrible, you know, and you have to. But we're so ingrained to sort of, have, you know, not have made those course corrections yet. But you no, know, but you're right. There's yeah. always you, there is a silver lining argument to be made. Yeah. No matter what, which is, I'm trying to live my life. I, I used to think that there was great power in rolling out of bed and just being constantly jaded, like by <laughs> default. It doesn't matter if it's a new trailer for a Batman versus Superman film or if it's about you know <laughs> Occupy Wall Street. I used to think there was great power in being like, eh, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> impress me you know because in that way like i don't have to be disappointed by everything my default is i know i'm going to be disappointed right so if i am if i'm pleasantly amused or surprised well then great that's a win what a great win so i'm trying to live each day more optimistic than the last and it's it's difficult with access to all this news but yeah one thing i used to say is that you know that that point of singularity people talk about the ai that will be you know we can't predict what's going to happen after that right that's right we're going to wake up one day yeah. and suddenly we are not smart enough no human being on this planet, our collective intelligence is not smart enough to predict what that AI is going to do. That's right. And I used to go, okay, that's cool. But there's going to be like six months before the machine is that smart where human beings are going to be in complete control of it. Yeah. And I shudder to think what a North Korean leader or an American president, what Trump would do with that access to AI and power and how he may try to squash dissent or it's, control people. Like, it's not good. I used to get scared, but then like trying yeah. to take a step back, and I, this is, I'd love your thoughts on this, is that I think that if we're talking about that frame of time, maybe this is 2040 or 2140, who knows mm. how quickly it really is going to accelerate, that by that time we are going to be integrating so much technology into our bodies and our brains. There's going to be so much wetware going on and yeah. so many bio mechanical human interfaces that it's not like the machines are going to enslave us. I think we're going to be willy, willingly optioning our bodies up to the machines at that point. It's going to be better living through technology. Well, and it also brings up this question. Yes, I agree with everything you're saying, but there is some point to where the line is going to be really blurry between what it is we call organic technology or, an, or our organic evolution and what it is we call artificial evolution and artificial intelligence and the sense of the line is going to be blurred to where there is not going to be any line because you can make an argument and I, I like to play with the idea all the time that you can make the argument that um, just as a tree grows from the ground and it produces apples or oranges a human being grows from whatever and produces virtual reality or artificial intelligence that it is, in fact, it is not artificial. It's an extension of our imagination. It's an extension of our, of our purpose, and it's an right. extension of the things that we can do as human beings, just as other things can do other things, you know? So, and that's kind of a, it's kind of a long shot analogy to make, but I think there's some truth in it, in the sense that I think we have to stop viewing it as like, 
as oh we're creating these artificial things that are going to come kill the organic <laughs> things right i think it's just about an integration standpoint i think you know we are going to create these things we're going to create these tool sets that we better know how to integrate very fucking quickly because they are dangerous right. and and some of the greatest minds who are simultaneously making these things elon musk is also just he gave what 15 million dollars to the to the fund that needs to stop robots from coming. Yeah, he needs to stop Skynet. It's like yeah, our, it's our first Skynet. line of yeah. defense. Right. He's like, okay. Right. I see where this is going. I'm making a car that's going to drive itself real quick, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm, I'm hedging my bet a little bit. <laughs> that is so true. He's like, no dummy. I'm he making, knows. Yeah, I'm making, a, a, like a, <laughs> I'm making a, a, a giant metal death machine that could, with the wrong line of code, decide <laughs> to swerve into a farmer's market. So... Yes, I'll put a couple said, dollars towards stopping that. You said that the other day. It was so funny, man. There's somebody thinking about the line of code right yes. now that needs to teach the car whether or not to like hit the school bus or the, the brick wall. Like when I go to buy my Prius <laughs> in 2040, do I go like, let me see, let me open, sor- open source that code. Let me see how it's doing, how it's rolling its numbers because I want the priority to be me no matter what. If this car has to, like if a, if a log is falling off the back of a truck and it has to swerve and it knows it's going to swerve into five people... I want to know what's the dice roll that it's making. What are the what is the Oof. logic behind it where it goes, you know what, Kevin? You're one life. Those are five people out there. You're slamming into this log wow. because the software says your one life doesn't add up to those five. And I go, bullshit. How many Twitter followers do they have? I need you to go to the cloud and run the numbers on them. What is their clout versus mine? How much how much taxes do those five pay? All right, you swerve, Prius, you go. That's pretty heavy though, man. I these mean, are lines of code that are being written today. That is crazy. So it's like this line of code, right? It can like it'll be able to recognize, okay, there's an accident's gonna happen, and yep. part of the accident's gonna involve this yellow bus with a bunch of kids in it, yeah. right? Yeah. And so well, the code is gonna decide, right? Like, well, those are kids, so maybe you don't want to kill them. But in the in the the other side of it is, well, you have to die now. Sorry, the kids have to live. Right, and let, let me tell you, I'm I'm paid for this fucking car. Your your bonus better be to me. <laughs> you serve me, and yeah, they're kids. You know what? Fuck them. I've got way more years. There's there's a larger yes, investment. I have more in to me. lose. Yes, damn it. exactly. I produce way more than those kids. We don't know which one of those are going to grow up to be junkies or assholes. Fuck them. Let's roll the dice. I can make more kids. Those kids can't do shit. They can barely That's tie right. their own shoes. So Prius, you better swerve into that bus. Interesting. Gather round, kitties. Papa Pereira is going to interrupt this pointless podcast to pop his peas and tell you a little story. True story about a ride he took the other day. Now, I do not like driving. I don't like it anywhere. Yes, there was a point in my life where driving equated to recklessness and freedom and thumping the new insane clown posse on my Rockford Fosgates. I was a lonely high schooler. But more often than not, these days driving is just, oh, Let me get stuffed inside my rage cage and be surrounded by idiots for hours on end going nowhere where I can't tweet because I'm not going to get the hashtag right when I'm going 55 and it's really difficult to choose the right Instagram filter when you're trying to parallel park. Can't deal with it. I can't be bothered. So I took a lift. Now I was giving out promo codes. I said, okay, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and give it a whirl. Let's see what happens. My tail is fascinating. Here's what happened. Use the app. Dial up a ride. Beep, boop, beep, boop. That was supposed to be the sound of me dialing up a ride, but it's an app and it doesn't make that much noise. So just pretend that was me humming a sweet tune while waiting for said ride. Ride shows up. Skirt! Is it two chains? No, that's just me. Again, uh, being hyperbolic. The the car did not pull an e-brake skid stop to my door. It arrived at a very reasonable clip. 
at a very reasonable amount of time. I hopped into the back of said car. Hello, how you doing? Pleasantries exchanged. Here's the destination. And then I sat there. Yeah, I scrolled an Instagram feed. May have liked a couple Facebook statuses. Caught up on my snappy chats. But what I really mostly did was pop in my earbuds and stare out the window into the vast nothingness that is this world. And it was delightful. Oh, the car stopped eventually, where I asked it to. Uh, thank you, sir. Good day. Door open. I get out. Boom! End of fucking story. Because that's the greatest story ever. The service just works. I don't need confetti cannons. I don't need pomp. I don't need circumstance. The driver was super friendly. The car did not smell like a... Like a high school prom gone awry. Didn't reek of Drakkar and cool water smashing into each other. There weren't any questionable stains in cracked leather. It was just an on-demand ride that was super affordable. And it got me from A to B. No fuss. That's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I need. So thank you, Lyft. And thank you to all of you who are using our Lyft code. Oh, what Lyft code? Oh, you didn't tune in last week. Well, my friends, you can get $10 off each of your first three rides with Lyft if you go to Lyft.com. That's L-Y-F-T dot com slash Kevin. That's my name. Spell it correctly, not like my Portuguese grandmother. L-Y-F-T dot com slash K-E-V-I-N. You go there, pop in your phone number. You're going to get a message. It'll activate your offer. And that is it. You get $10 off your first three rides. Give it a shot. You have nothing to lose other than time behind the wheel that could be spent in the back seat feeling like a king suckling on some caviar while you take care of your social. Lyft.com slash Kevin. Do not wait. This offer will not last, and it is only for you, dear listener. You. Yes, you. Not that person next to you. Screw them. Spin in their eye. Lyft.com slash Kevin. $10 off your first three rides, and I'm out. Peace. I don't know, man. It's crazy. So how do we, like, this is, these are how lines we, of code that are being written yeah. right now. Yeah, these are, and these are real issues, real sensibilities that we need to talk about, right? Where's Elon? <laughs> Fuck. Let's get, get Elon via Skype, please. Fuck, he hasn't man. been on this show in a little while. Let's go on here. <laughs> that blows my mind. Yeah. The, the, the arguments over, like, now that, like, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of what our drone and quadcopter future is going to look like. We know that Amazon packages are going to be delivered by them overnight, but yep. what about personal privacy? What about policing? Yep. They're already talking about, like, in, where was it? There was a big write-up. Is it France or is it Italy? There was some place that is now training like like golden hawks or golden eagles mm. to be uh, anti-drone weapons, and basically they're going to like fly these animals and they're going to train them to attack drones that are flying. And in Japan, they've got drones that shoot cargo nets now that can take down other drones. Like we're already building wow. tools to destroy the tools that we think might be tools of destruction. Oh my god! Wait, wait, what was the first one? There's a there's birds out there they're who are training birds. Let's see to if take you can drones. Google this. I swear, someone said I think it was France. I just heard about this the other day. They're teaching birds to swoop in and attack quadcopters and drones. Um, and I heard about this on a... Oh, actually, shit, I can't say how I heard about this. I had a discussion with someone about this, okay. and that someone knew that like they were investing in bladeless drone technology. There's another way to do quadcopters that doesn't require exposed and open blades. Oh, okay. And one of the reasons people are really looking forward to that is that A, it cuts down on noise and wind disturbance, and they could potentially land on power lines to do repair work and all this crazy cool stuff. But one of the things was for the animal advocates. And I was like, what? Uh... What? what are we, animals and drones? And they're like, no, 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 because they don't want these birds to get hit by the blades of the quadcopters. Oh, my God. Right. Well, 
the discussions happening today. <laughs> How can we be optimistic about the future? How can we be optimistic when this is what we're talking about today and human beings have got to figure this shit out and it's evolving and changing and being delivered faster than we can even It is, but you I mean you you've heard this argument, I mean made uh, uh, many minutes. Uh, watch but, trained eagles taking down a drone flying in the air. Someone wrote it's London, someone wrote Dutch police. I'm not exactly sure who it is, but do you know Liz? Did it say Oh, oh, there Dutch we go. Police. Look at that. It said Dutch police. All right, Dutch police. Get it. Wow, get him. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's a bald eagle. Oh, yeah. Freedom, motherfucker. America, fuck yeah, man. Flap those freedom wings, and we're going to take down your quadcopter. There goes your GoPro shot of your sweet mountain shredding, brah. Look at that. Or there goes your Amazon package, yeah, exactly. douche. <laughs> like, dealers are going to use this to snag packages out of the air. How great is that? Go to the store and buy it instead. Get out of your house. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. That's great. So what tech is exciting you personally? Is it is it VR? Uh, is it AR? Is it... Uh, um, yeah, both of those. I mean, for yeah. sure. Um, uh, yeah. Um, VR, AR, for sure. I think nanotech is, is extremely processing. I, I mean, we're, we're, quite a, we're not quite at the threshold yet where we're going to see massive, um, you know, life extension and disease improvements yet but we're really 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 close you think um, do you think kurzweil is right do you think he he believes that he's frozen the decay of his body through the 500 or so vitamins that he pops throughout a day and measuring amino acids and caloric yeah. intake etc well his his equations it's 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 uh interesting it's what he he's broken it down into three phases and like right now all he's trying to do he's in phase one but all phase one is trying to do is to extend his life to be able to make it to phase two Correct. Because phase two is, does not exist. So right. he, he just needs to stay stay the course, stay the course. He wants to arrest the decay of yeah. his cells. He wants to slow them down or right. freeze them enough to where the technology will exist to repair, to repair the cell decay damage, and then eventually yes. regrow. And Well, I mean, and we all know, like every basic disease has, has, you know, in some parts to do or large parts to do with some sort of um, uh, cellular anomaly, which causes uh, bad cells, unhealthy cells to eat the, the healthy cells. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you, if you look, I mean, we know that and we, we kind of, we can see it computationally and we can almost, you know, we can see how, how it works in, in a Petri dish and see it, watch the, the chemical process unfold. So, you know, if the technology can sort of just isolate it in, in, in such a way to where, you know, the, the, the self-replication of the healthy cells can outdo, you know. So, yes, I mean, that type, that's extremely process, promising. And um, I, I love that. I love the work that CERN is doing. I mean. I still don't comprehend the work that's I, mean, yeah. I get excited every time i see that they discovered a new quirk or a new quirk of a quirk right i don't even know what that means but great whatever they're smashing together in that big donut underneath the surface awesome i don't fucking know what they're doing yeah i mean i'm not a quantum theorist at all i can't even pretend to be one on television but the implication and toying with the idea that we can possibly um come up with a new computational skill set and for us to understand time and how we can bend time and therefore you know possibly time travel yeah. uh, it hurts my brain so I know, much it hurts your brain so much. <laughs> it's so much it's so crazy love that love that kind of stuff um 
Um, but you're also now is the yoga stuff. It's a specific type of yoga that you're into. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I'm 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 a, I'm a I'm a fledgling yogi of sorts. Is it? But yeah. you're but you're really you're super into it, are you not? I, I am. So what can you tell me about that practice and how you came across it and what it's done to better your life? Yeah, your life? yeah, and by um, uh, yoga, I mean my actual uh, asana practice and, and what we call yoga in, in America. My asana practice is pretty pretty crappy these days. I mean, it exists, but it's not what it once was. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, prim- I practice a form of yoga called bhakti yoga, which in um, it's basically the the yoga of love and devotion. And throughout India, uh, bhakti is sort of the it's it's the framework of all the yogas that kind of tie them all in together. Um, and it's basically, um, I mean, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about it, or a lot of um, conceptions about it that are true. I mean, it's kind of synonymous with uh, with the guru system. Um, and using kind of the guru as as a portal, the guru trans guru translated as uh, that which removes darkness. So using kind of a portal like that to remove the darkness in your life and to allow a little bit more love in, a little bit more compassion in, and things like that. How does that is in part of my ignorance on this? Yeah. How does that manifest itself? Like, is there a guru that you work with, or is that just unlocking your inner guru, or what does that mean exactly? Um, both. Okay. Actually, yeah. Um, I mean, I think um, I, I don't want to ruffle too many feathers in the guru system here, but basically, I think. All right, gurus, any, if you're watching, shut yeah. off the stream, close your browser tab. <laughs> but gurus, any, any guru worth their weight in gold, it's basically like, uh, yes, the physical guru, which is outside an external thing, an external mm-hmm. person, will lead you just to the guru within yourself. Yes, which which un, un, can unlock all of that. Have you met your inner guru? I have. You yes, have? Absolutely. Is he a cool dude? Yeah. What's he you got a sombrero, some maracas? Like, what's he rocking in there? Is he driving an old Chevelle? What's but, your inner but, guru? Yeah, but you know, bhakti yoga is also it's not just a, a portal for for love. Uh, it is that it's an portal. It's a portal for unconditional love and un, unconditional compassion, in which you can view your place in the world in a much softer, gentler place. But it's also a window into consciousness as well. Into, um, I mean, the classic um, Hindu line about the soul, Sat Chit Ananda. The soul is eternal full of knowledge and full of bliss. So these are very, um, uh, these are psychedelic implications yeah. in, in that, you know, consciousness may be a disembodied thing and our incarnation is just participating in this constant cycle of life and birth and life and birth and life and birth and death and life and birth and death. And we're just kind of tapping into this and tapping into what the Hindus call the Leela, which means the divine play. And, Ooh, I love that. Yeah. And that's I love what, that. That's what the Leela is. And it's just this divine play of life, complete with the, 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 the triumphs and the, and the love, and also complete with the drama, and just like a play. And you're just kind of dancing within this, this whole construct of, of what it is we call life. So the process of yoga and uncovering these, these ancient wisdom texts and traditions will really kind of tap you into a lot of that kind of stuff. keying into that can yeah. make dealing with a mortgage or traffic on the 405 <laughs> so much better. Yeah. So much more blissful. Just understanding that's all just a, well, that's all just a set piece in the play that is this turn, this roll of the dice. That's the Maya. Those things are the Maya. All right. So you're able to, through that practice, tap it. Because the only thing... I feel like I've experienced that. I feel like I've tapped into that. And for me, it has been either with psychedelics or like actually with salvia. Mm. I feel like I have seen multiple strands of multiple dimensions. You yeah. know, I've seen like the universe rotate out of my periphery with mm. trivial pursuit piece wedges of alternate realities. That if I concentrate, I can slow it down and go in and live a little slice of that life and come back out. But I can't imagine tapping into that sober. Is that mm. something you've been able to do? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ah, what? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, learn me, please, please learn me. I am a, I am a sponge. 
I mean, a great, a great place to start. Um, and I'm, uh, it's a very popular thing to say right now, but it says develop a meditation practice. You know? God, that sounds like way too much work. Well, give me, there's got to be a pill. What's the pill? What do I ask for? <laughs> What's the substance? The pill, What's the... <laughs> is, the pill is 20 minutes every morning. Is it? Yeah. So did you do, is it mantra based for you or was it? Well, I, part of a, a, a mantra based um, uh, prayer and some singing of some devotional chants and stuff. It's, it's, that's not part of my meditation practice. That's in addition to what I practice, silent Vipassana Buddhist meditation in the morning. Which, yeah. which means literally just sitting there and trying not to think about well, things? Uh, or? Nah, I wouldn't say trying not to think because that is a never-ending game. You right. know? Um, but breath awareness, Vipassana be, mainly means like breath awareness and becoming aware of uh, exactly of the nature of things, exactly of how things are. And by returning to the breath and slowly returning to the breath over and over and over again, you can be at peace with whatever is going on in that moment or in your life. And that 20 minutes a day... Look, man, if you're getting three to four, if you get five minutes of that 20, which is really locked in, wow. That's all you need? That's all you need. Okay. I mean, and, and you're tapped in. I mean, you're not going to get, I mean, I am not a realized master this this, this time around. I don't think it's it's my dharma. But, um, you know, so you're not going to get all 20 minutes. And uh, I'll probably do two meditations today. You know, I'll probably do one when I get home after this. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you get three or four minutes out of that, mm, that's good. Because I know I need to integrate that into my life. I've heard too many positive things from people I respect and look up to, and I've been like, "What's the key? What's the secret?" And that's been the answer for so many. It, it is, and and um, also with um, you know the kind of world that you live in and that I also live in as well. Um, I mean, you need to slow, slow it down. A lot of things going on. A lot of beeps and buzzes and you know a lot of shit going on yeah how do i manage my notifications when yeah. i'm in that meditation <laughs> hole what's the trick for that i should definitely wear my apple watch right set it to high alert so when i'm on a different plane i get a tap tap to let me know that the contracts just came in right i, I can't even do the apple watch i gotta get rid of it it's, I, it's driving I, I me crazy it. yeah i got it's I, I, it's now it's here it's yeah. a digital shackle to just constantly tap me like it's on do not disturb mode which it is almost all the time <laughs> i'm using it as a watch essentially my body broke like two weeks ago. It was uh. just nonstop. It's been work. It's been stress. It's been this. It's been that. And I know that I need to integrate something like that. The issue that I had was I went to the, uh, a TM sort of seminar. Mm. I was like, oh, okay. A lot of respected people that I respect, mm -hmm. respected opinions came in and said, oh, TM is it. Went to, for those who don't know, it's transcendental meditation. I went to the orientation, did mm -hmm. my whole thing. Oh. I'm like, great. We'll give you the secret. It's 1200 bucks. So then I went, okay, that sounds like a little bit of snake oil. So I went yeah. and started Googling a thing or three and it was like, oh, this is bullshit. It's just mantra meditation. Yeah. Here's all the mantras that they're going to give you. Here you go. You just go to any other meditation center. You don't need TM. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who are in the TM movement. I am not, so I don't want to uh, disparage their practice. It's fine. But yeah, there's a lot of other free ways to do this. <laughs> that you can still achieve. Yes. Okay. Yes, and now way. what about floating? Oh, it's great, man. I've been floating a little bit lately. Um, yeah, I would give a shout out to this guy. Um gym at um just float in pasadena it's a fantastic place and anybody i was waiting for that i'm gonna give a shout out to this guy my my guru my and then some guru. long name and you're like i'm just gonna shout out jim <laughs> you know jim, jim. <laughs> it's just like no jim gives you an oil change it doesn't work on your soul in a float tank <laughs> oh, yeah. no, no guru shout so, outs but yeah I've been so jim's about... got a good you said he has one of like potentially one of the best float centers in the country and it's that, right here that's what they say yeah it's in pasadena and it's really nice it's like going to a spa each um, float uh, tank is kind of in its own room. Mm -hmm. So you go into a room and there's a shower in there and it's, it's really nice. It's a good experience. I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to go today. 
Yeah, I need to. What, so what are you experiencing and exploring when you're floating lately? And for those who don't know, I mean, the, correct me if I'm painting this wrong picture, but float tank, deprivation tank, no yep. light, no sound, correct. filled with water that is warm to your body temperature correct. and like 75 pounds of Epsom salt. So Six, you're, 600 pounds. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. Okay, 600 pounds of Epsom salt, which yep. means you are ultra buoyant, yes. floating above this thing. You get some earplugs, maybe some nose plugs. Uh, no nose plugs because no? the water should never go. It should never go there. Okay, just yeah, earplugs also, then, yeah? Yeah. I don't use earplugs, but you can. Okay. Yeah. You float, yeah. and you start to, over time, uh, and with practice it happens quicker and quicker, you start to lose sense of where your skin ends and where the water begins. Correct. And your brain is so accustomed to processing and filtering and constantly analyzing the stimulus around you, yeah. this strips all that away so that you can basically go insane. You could go, you could go insane much quicker. <laughs> Yes, much faster. <laughs> Take away all the bullshit of, oh, am I sitting up straight? Am I comfortable? No, you just go insane right away. So what are you, <laughs> if you don't mind sharing, what's some of the stuff that you're facing and exploring and working on in there? Well, um, are you seeing things? Are you hearing things? Is it hallucinations? Is it? Well, for one thing, it's, um, uh, you know, as you get older, it happens to all of us. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't have any injuries or anything like that. I don't, I'm not in any pain or chronic pain or things like that. But, you know, you're not as young and spry as you used to be, of course, and this is just a, a product of, of age. So when you get in the tank, um, the disconnection from the body is such a, an attraction for me. And I love, you know, I do physical yoga and I go to the gym and I do physical things. So I like being in the body, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But this kind of, this method of going in and just to kind of losing the body and just going straight to the breath and you sort of take on this form, I guess the best visual metaphor is sort of a, um, like a brain in a jar. Yeah. You know, like that Steve Martin movie or something, the man yeah, with two yeah. brains. Yeah. So you're like the brain in the jar with his breath and that's it. That's all there is. And through that connection, you feel this, um, you feel this in interconnectivity to the world that you really have never ever felt before. So, I mean, the work that I'm doing I, and it, it's just, um, it really teaches me, helps me to slow down my, my actual synapses, mm -hmm. like slow my synapses down. Like, you know, I Which seems so counterintuitive to every productivity blog or commercial selling you a pill that is supposed to do the exact opposite. Let's amp it up. Let's think quicker, sharper, stronger, faster. But I, I love all that. I mean, I love thinking quicker, faster, stronger, and, and you know, Tim Ferriss four hour work week and yeah, all of it, yeah, yeah. all good, you know, and, and I love all that kind of, but you know, uh, enough. I mean, I need to, I need to slow down and I feel like there's a lot of them, um, especially if you're kind of a digerati kind of person, there's a lot of physical affectations that I'm starting to feel now that I, I've never really felt before. Like my attention span is really short these days. Um, I'm forgetting things a lot more than I used to because, mm -hmm. you know, my time on the web and with all the devices, it's just so, ch -ch 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 -ch. Oh, yeah. so I'm forgetting things I didn't used to and I don't smoke pot, you know, so it's not that I don't drink. So it's not that, you know what I mean? So, uh, like isolation tank work, but it kind of helps you just, uh, yeah, put I'm, it back together. I'm going today. What's Do the, it. what's the pro tip? Like what's the, what's, cause I've done it once or twice, as I said before, yep. but I know that I spent, you know, two hours just fighting it and trying to let go and wondering if I'm letting go. But was there, is there a practice that you use that can help accelerate that? Um, yeah, breathe, um, like intentionally breathe and do like sets of, um, of 10 breaths. <sighs> One, you know, and do like force, like uh, sets of 10 of those. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, not counting to 10, but 10 breaths. And you really hear it loudly in the water too, you know, and just do a, a, a set of 10 breaths and to kind of, you know, repeat that a couple times. Then you'll, you'll find out that you're in the zone and stay still. There's a little physical thing that goes on with it because if you tend to move around, the water... You get those ripples, right? Yeah, but yeah. the water too, it might kind of go in your hair and drip down your face and you don't want that. And there, there's a washcloth that they keep in there especially for that because it happens, but you want to be very still so you're not dealing with any of the, the Michigas. I'm so in. Do it. Yeah, great. I'll get the, You know what? I'll get my waterproof earbuds. I'll fire up an ASMR playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I'll explore humanity. Wreck the top of the tank, and then I'll get out. It'll be Great. perfect. <laughs> uh, we have been chatting for a minute. Do you mind if we take like two seconds of questions from the, the chat room? Oh, yeah, yeah sure. you have a second? Is that of okay? Of course, yeah. All right, guys, if you have uh, any questions for Zach, fire away. Liz, I don't know if you've been uh, grabbing them throughout, but I will fire off the first ones. Again, if you're watching live, you have a question for Zach, go ahead and spit it on out into the old chit-chat. Liz will grab it, and it will be asked right here. Um, I want to ask about your podcast. Hmm. Um, because I think it's time to promote the shit out of it because it's a wonderful podcast. Thank you. And I love that you've started it. You're 40 some odd episodes in No, now. I'm 29. Jesus. That's it. New. It's a little baby. It's a little you baby. Got a little seedling got growing a little there. Seedling, I, and I, yeah. I would love to, if, if if after this chat, you decide you still want me to come yes, on. Yes, please. I've been trying. I would love you nothing got more. I know. It got, yeah. I got super busy, but 100% there. Cool. Um, tell those who don't know about your podcast. Yeah, it's, it's called the It's All Happening Podcast. It's, love the title. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, it's All Happening Show.com, Amazon Stitcher, or iTunes Stitcher, all those kinds of things. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the intent behind the podcast is to bring all the different worlds that I'm interested in together in a way that I feel anyways is approachable. So I do bring a lot of spiritual people in there. Um, I bring musicians, I bring technologists, I bring uh, you know futurists and, and things like that. But um, really just about the integration of all my different worlds and to make it into sort of a stream that I, that I find progressive and interesting. Yeah. I love the, I love the channel that you're, Thanks. that you're, you're Thanks, tapped ben. into right now. Thank you. I'm really, yeah. you seem, I mean, you seem like you're, you're, you seem like you're you're dialed in and and happy with 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 the exact path that you're on. Is that the case? I, I mean, you I'm, seem really. Yeah, I'm feeling it, man. I thank you for for acknowledging that. Yeah, I'm only. Of course, you know, it's 20... a wonderful thing to see. Like it, yeah. like it's you don't often get that in people. Like it's a really beautiful trait. Yeah, thank you. And it's like yeah, 29 episodes in, and I feel like um uh like yeah, I made the right decision. I'm glad I did this. And it's working. People are starting to listen and those kinds of things. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. I, uh, Come look, on soon. I, yeah, weeks. I don't mean to point to the bleachers, but I can guarantee yeah. 17 new listeners. All right. When this thing hits <laughs> iTunes, at least 17 people are going to check it out. And if you do, subscribe. Write a five-star review. You're going to love it. I Please. guarantee it. Because it's yes. it is super enjoyable. And just the... I personally haven't had time to get enough podcasting. Even my, my casts that are my go-to that I go all the time yep. haven't had a chance. But the, the three or four episodes that I've made a point to get into i just like i'm disappointed every time they're over no I, so. I love your you're, you're tapping in tapping into for me personally exactly what i would love to be hearing and need to be hearing right now so thank you personally awesome. for that yeah. all right let's get to some twitch questions and then we will set you free and i'm gonna go floating some epsom salt i think awesome yeah i think yeah. i need it, I, it. I, I think i think i need it today liz what do we got well first off i have to say throughout the entire podcast everybody just loves your milky voice oh that was milky. that was the term yeah my, my milky voice Does you have a yeah. silk it's, i would I say like silky it. milky is very <laughs> I, I mean i'm not lactose intolerant but it does <laughs> it does well, prompt a reaction but you do have a voice i have a little radio yeah. voice yeah, you got a, no you got a great fucking radio voice thank you yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fantastic thanks fantastic um, so one of the questions was, what is your take on psychedelic use in, to treat illness such as PTSD, mm. 
facing fears? Um, great. Yay. Happy. Yes. More please. Thumbs up. I mean, it's, it's yeah. fantastic work. Um, m maps, uh, the multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies, um, up in Northern California, they're doing amazing work with PTSD and vets. Um, and you know, so I've far, seen it with these own, my own two eyes. You've seen it. I was in, I, I talked about this a lot in my ayahuasca episode, but I was mm. there and I had to like come to terms with like, I was there because I wanted to love myself more and figure out what spirituality means. And I'm next to a veteran with several tours under his belt with mm. a wife and two kids who's literally saying, if this week doesn't work, I'm tapping out of this world because oh, wow. I've tried everything. Wow. I've done the therapy. I've done the pharmaceuticals. I've done the meditation. I've, it done, the, I've done the, it worked hundred percent. Wow. And now I, I, I hesitate to say that because it sounds like the too good to be true pamphlet where it's like, Oh look, I was cured. But People getting off of antidepressants, people dealing with PTSD, DJs from Australia who just want to have a good time and yes. want to explore. I saw it work for all of them, yeah. you know, and it certainly did not work for some, but the fact that it worked for any and that it might not be available for all breaks my heart. Yeah. So I love what MAPS is doing and Me too. I love that everybody's into that, but um, I'm with you. I'm cool. on board. I'm fucking on board. Good Do stuff. people come to you and say like, hey... I'm I'm ready for my first go around, or I'm ready for like a sitter. Like, do you get that thrown on your shoulders a lot? Of like, hey man, guide me. Yeah. I do. I've is actually... that a burden to you, or is that a blessing? Well, I don't do it. You don't? No, I, I don't personally do it um, for a variety of reasons. But I refer people out. Yeah, yeah it just happened uh, last week. Actually, I referred someone out. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm happy if people come to me by all means. But I, I just personally, it's I don't. It's not my... an ounce of disconnection from that might be safer. Yeah, I mean, for a variety of, of, I mean, if it's someone I'm really close to, like a good buddy of mine or, sure. or something, yeah, I'm down and, and, and we'll do it. I'll babysit and I'll guide. But if people kind of come to me like, you know, you can't divorce, um, you know, the idea. And I, and I hate saying this. I hate being this kind of self, this level of self-awareness. I really don't like it. It's not the kind of person I am. But you don't want to be, oh, yeah, man, I had Timothy Leary's son as my babysitter. Right. Like that. That's not a good look. Right. It's not a good look for him. It's not a good look for the trip. It's not her, whatever. It's not just, but I'll refer you out to somebody who's good at it. Yeah. Do you have like a Yelp listing? Yeah, I do. Like, man. Who's got the, Dude, there's a whole. Give me a four and a half star guy. I'll it, take it. No, it's a whole uh, tour, <laughs> tour website, you know, a, a dark web website. You're called Deep Web. Deep, your... <laughs> deep Web of Zach's go-to sitters. He's got to be like an Uber for gurus. Like, let me just dispatch one. He's showing up in a Civic. He'll be there in 30 minutes. That's right. I'll take it. Uh, all right, Liz, fire away. Oh, someone mentioned ibogaine, by the way, which by the way, which I think is fantastic as well. But that's the whole other, that's a whole yeah, it's a whole other discussion. Another podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. How does the deprivation tank work with physical pain? Mm. Works great with physical pain. Um, um, I mean, if I, I suppose there are different levels of severity of which I'm not qualified to speak of, but if you do have um, uh, like some kind of chronic aching in your back or shoulders or joints or something. It works fantastic for it because you, you are floating, right? You're warm and weightless. You're warm and weightless. And, uh, and I know a lot of people I've heard a lot of seen a lot of case studies, people who have, um, uh, serious, you know, chronic pains in their backs where they go in the isolation tank and they're there for two hours and they're like, Oh, this is two hours where I didn't feel it. My pain's Wonderful. gone. Wonderful. Yeah. And even sober, which I sober, think is important yeah. to point out because a lot of people, yeah. I had Rogan crawl up my ass because I did it sober, <laughs> but it's like, no, it's sober work. Oh, no, I need to get on his ass for that because I don't, I don't think they need to be tied together every time. No, they yeah. probably don't. But yeah. he also was probably right. I probably should have. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, right. he's usually right about that. 
All right, let's do. Do you have uh, two more, Liz? Like quick ones, or? Yeah, I have, I have a couple more. I okay, think they'll be pretty quick. You have time, Zach? I don't want yeah, to like sure. impose. Okay, cool. It's all up to you. Um, do you know how much holotropic breath work? Sorry, mm-hmm. which How's allegedly that? allows for psychedelic experiences to be possible through simply breathing. Yes, um, they are. Is it hal- holotropic? Is that the Holotropic. Holotropic. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, uh-huh. I totally butchered that one. No, that's all right. That's why no. I'm just getting clarification. Hol- holotropic breath work. Yeah. Um, Stanislav Grof, who is one of the um, earliest and most uh, well-respected psychedelic pioneers who's still alive today um, in his early 80s, he, um, excuse me, he pioneered holotropic breath work based off of the idea of using your breath to induce psychedelic experiences. And there are lots of communities out there, and you can just go, you know, Google holotropic breathwork in in your area, mm-hmm. and hook up with some some communities and people who do it. And it's uh, have you it's, done it yourself? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great. It's it's great work. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a holotropic devotee mm-hmm. of sorts, but um, but it is a very powerful method. You're holo curious. I'm holo. You've dabbled. I've dabbled. <laughs> I've dabbled. You know. That was one thing. Like my my yeah. my shaman, my curandero in in Peru. His whole thing was like, look, I've done enough. I've done my time. I've had enough journeys. I've had enough experiences. Yeah. That if I close my eyes and focus in on my breath, I'm right there with you. I don't need to drink. I don't need to smoke. Okay. I don't need to do anything. I'm right there. And at first, it was, you know, when I first met, it's that feeling out period of like, I don't know. Like, obviously, I'm putting enough faith in you to trust you with my journey. But by the end of the week, I was 100% convinced. His ability to read a room and tap into the energy and the vibe was on a level that I, I can't explain. And I, I kind of love, there's beauty in that. Yes. Of like, I fully believe he was able to close his eyes, focus on that breath, and tap into that exact same world. That's right. Love it. Yep. Ah, so much. So, so much thumbs up on holotropic breath work. Yes. Very cool. Yep. One more. One more. One more, Liz. Okay. The next question is: What's the most important lesson you've learned on psychedelics? Wow. Um, Pick a favorite. I didn't expect that reaction from that question. But... <laughs> Most important lesson. I'm I've sure learned. you learned a lot of lessons. I mean, it's it's kind of a go-to thing with all. Um, uh, it's not a one-size-fits-all answer, but for all spiritual work, um, don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, give yourself a break. Love yourself a little bit more, and through the psychedelic mirror, you can really see the areas to where you've really beat yourself up and you've caused yourself a lot of undue pain and, and torment. And I have in my life, mm-hmm. especially done gone down the road of, you know, that yeah, can only lead one way, you know, and psychedelics can really reinforce that, oh, wow, you're worth loving, you're worth saving, you're worth, you know, living to your fullest potential, all of that good, classic, yummy, woo-woo stuff, yes. Delicious. Good. That, But that judge and jury of the mind that knows every insecurity or weakness that can eviscerate, because I always say, like, you can, you can shred yourself better than any form troll ever could, right? Yes. Like, you know every blinking weak, weak spot, you know, the weakest link in that chain, Right. That is your humanity. Do you also run the risk of because everything is is uh, exponentially magnified when you're on a trip? Don't you run the risk of that jury, that judge rearing up and attacking you even more and, and potentially leading to like a bad trip? I feel like that's happened to me, but maybe mm. it wasn't it. Maybe I didn't push far enough or. Yeah, you can. For sure. I mean, those can definitely lead to, lead to bad trips. There's no question. Yeah. Yeah. It's really just about the setup and being able to catch it in time, you know, <laughs> before the big monster could come and eat you. Oh, and just, yeah. Oh, my God, you're such a piece of shit. 
That, is that why I was on my friend's carpet screaming I was made of water and right. then crying because the rest of the world had disintegrated and I didn't know how to break it to them? Is that what happened? That was it. <laughs> Gotta wrangle that beast before it gets out of control. Uh, Zach, you cool. are... Uh, I, I'm, I'm just... I'm selfishly, you are uh, uh, just uh, an oasis, a spiritual oh, oasis that you. I am very uh, honored that you decided to spend some time and sit down and chat with me. Thanks it's for having really me. It's really a huge privilege. Um, people need to check you out on the interwebs. They need to subscribe to your podcast. It's yep. all happening. They can, is it itsallhappening.com? Itsallhappeningshow.com. Itsallhappeningshow.com. Head over there, subscribe. What about the Twitter sphere? You know, the Insta snaps, the MyFaceFriends? Yeah, I, I do, do, do all of that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge tweeter for some reason. But um. Yeah, go to my website too, my blog, ZachLeary.com, and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. I hope, again, 17, a minimum. You watch, <laughs> you're going to get the bump. Okay. 17 new subscribers. Yes. Um, thank you again, Zach, for making the time. Thank you. Thank you guys for watching and participating and sending in the questions. That people are saying thanks, amazing stuff, very interesting discussion. Of course, of course. Why, why else would I? What the fuck do you think you were going to get? Of course it's interesting. He's fascinating. There are the links. You guys go, ZachLeary.com, it's all happening, show.com. In the meantime, thank you again for all the support. Make sure you're checking out twitch.tv slash the attack and uh, check out our GameWisp profile, gamewisp.com slash the attack. I will see you guys later on the other side of a bunch of work and maybe some floating. Oh, I can't wait. Kisses, hugs, and belly rubs. Goodbye, everyone.